Hello and welcome to In Lockdown With, a podcast where I, playwright Kieran Fitzgerald, chats to emerging, established and experienced artists in the fields of theatre, film, television, dance and drama, from Wales and beyond, to find out more about their careers and to see how they've been coping during the coronavirus pandemic. Expect laughs, gossip, and an insight into the careers of some of Wales's best-known creatives. If you enjoy this podcast, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Hello and welcome to this episode of In Lockdown With, with me, Kieran Fitzgerald. Today my guest is the theatre director, Jane Boone. Hi Jane, how's it going? Hi, I'm good, thanks Kieran, yeah. How how's, how's things been since March for you? How's it been? Yeah, actually, surprisingly alright, and I think... Um, like everybody, uh, I think I just went into shock at the beginning uh, mm. because I didn't know what work would look like. So um, I just took everything really slowly and thankfully the people I was working with or any of the mm. organisations I was working with took it slowly as well. Um, so we didn't kind of rush to get online. We just took our time and just thought about how we were going to do that. Yeah. And because I work with a lot of young people or, or vulnerable older people, um, you know, we had to think about all the kind of safeguarding mm-hmm. we put in place first. So, but but I've been pretty lucky, Kieran. I've been able to carry on, which has been brilliant. And and as a director, how have you found directing on on Zoom? What's that like? Uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, I guess I've chosen to do different kinds of work. So um, I I, I work through the WMC. uh, I work with um, Spark Valley's kids. Right. So myself and my colleagues, uh, Claire Hathaway, Rachel Clemens, we've just chosen to maybe work differently, Kieran, and find out how this space works for us. Um, So... With those guys, uh, particularly with Claire, we've been doing lots of uh, role play work, right? Um, because that seemed to be, you know, a really interesting way of working. Um, what I haven't done is is is, is direct a prof- professional production online, um, and I, you know, there's not many people have been able to do that, and those that have have, have, have just been kind of trying yeah. things out and, and learning as they've as they've gone along so it's felt really like a time to slow down and just discover what it what it is to work through this because right at the start of lockdown there seemed to be a pressure for for people who make work to make 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 but sometimes you just need to take a bit of a step back and i think this time is a good opportunity to do that and just kind of take some time for yourself I guess yeah yeah and, and of course you know what you forget is that when you're out working wherever it is you see people all the time 
Yeah. And so you, you're kind of constantly remind, reminding people that you're that you're there. And, and and when you're not, all of a sudden you kind of go, oh, how, how am I going to get work now? What's going to happen? Mm. But thankfully, some of the things that I was doing before lockdown, uh, uh, I mean, I've been able to pick up again since. So Good. Uh, that's been really interesting. Uh, and I've just started doing my lead creative schools work, the Arts Council yeah. Web lead creative school so um just negotiating doing some of that online and some of that in right. school yeah i want to start how i always start these um podcasts and i want to ask you how did you first get interested in theater okay so uh i i grew up in blackpool uh and we didn't do drama in school at right. all uh, but I had a really good English teacher like a lot of people <laughs> was really passionate about drama and, and she obviously saw something in me and, and what she would do is she'd get me up to act things out uh, and actually just improvise something in a session in a, in, a, in a school classroom so I think I think that might have been the start of it perhaps if I roll back a little bit further it's probably more likely to be choir and and, and Sunday schools, right. um, that, that probably was the very beginnings of it. Um, and then when I was around about, hmm, um, around about 13, um, a group of commun- professional community theatre artists uh, came to Blackpool and they put on a summer production. So the idea was to get all the kids off the streets in the summer, yeah. something constructive, you know. Um, and I ended up in a production of uh, the um, Dracula Spectacular. And it, it was one of those things that completely changed me because, yeah. A, they were professionals. So it, it wasn't just about us doing a bit of acting. You know, we were putting on a performance mm. and it... And I think the important thing about it, Kieran, was that it it went on for weeks. You know, we rehearsed and we rehearsed right. and rehearsed, and then eventually put on the show at the end of the summer. Um, but I think because because it was professionals, I, I got really excited mm. about the idea that this could actually be a job. Um, and then after that, I went to uh, Drama Foundation uh, in Blackpool and Fire College. Uh, and after that, I auditioned um, for Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama, as well as other drama schools. But I decided, once I got in there, I thought, yeah, this is the place I want to be. I really like Cardiff. It feels it feels right for me. And, and why why South Wales? Why Cardiff? Why did you make yeah. that decision? Yeah. Well, it's interesting you asking that because, you know, I, I was around for a bit after I left drama school. Right. Um, and then I, I went to live up north because I was working up there quite a lot. Okay. And then to London for a few years. I just missed being in Cardiff. I absolutely just love being in Wales. And suddenly I started getting I started getting work in Wales. And I was thinking, oh, yeah. I, just, I just want to be back here. Um, I worked for Theatre Powys and, and, and then started to work for Gwent Theatre. And then they offered me a full-time job. So that's that's brought me back to Wales uh, after about six to eight years, yeah. I'm going to go back a little bit because I was wondering if yeah. you could talk a bit about your time at the Royal Welsh College, Music and Drama, yeah. 
And and how how important was that period for you as an emerging artist? Gosh, it feels a long time ago, Kim, and I was in drama school from 1983 to 1986. And, um, you know, when I first went there, it was a very traditional drama school. Um, and, and that's what I wanted. I wanted, I wanted to be trained in, in, a, in one of the major drama schools. Um, and I had imagined myself going into musical theatre. Right. Um, as, as a performer? As a performer, at that point, yeah, as an yeah. actor. I was trained as an actor. And, and suddenly I got really kind of caught up in a wave of, of, of uh, politics during the 80s, you know. Mm. Um, I, you know, I'd already, I'd already come out before I, I went to drama school. Okay. Um, so, I, you know, I was gay, I was a woman, I was uh, working class, um, and, and I was just really interested in what was going on in the world. And I, you know, got involved in, in, in the miners' strike, you know, lesbian and gay support the miners when, yeah. when we set up something in Wales. Um, and I, I, just, I just was fired up by wanting to, to make change in the world. Um, and, you know, we were living under Thatcherism and, you know, uh, it's interesting to think of what, what the world looks like now at the moment, especially in the yeah, UK. Yeah, it's true. And, I just knew that if I'd have gone into musical theatre or something more traditional, it might have um, satisfied a part of me, but not all of me. Mm. And you know, I, I was I just I just wanted to do something different. And I you know I ended up working in young people's theatre, theatre and mm. education. Um, was I just it... you know fired up socialist theatre and lesbian mm. and gay theatre and. And, and TIE, you know, that's that's what I was uh, excited by and just kind of the thought of maybe making a mm. difference to young people's life by doing that really excited me. And, and it's, um, it's, so always, it's, it's always kind of been a, a political thing for you. Yeah, I guess because even if it's a small thing, it's political, isn't it? It's yeah. Only, you do any work with people, it's political, you know, so... Um, so I worked. I worked for uh, community theatre, theatre of education, young people's theatre, children's theatre, um, and then, like I say, I came back to Wales in in nineteen ninety two and worked for uh, Gwent Theatre. And um, after you after you graduated um, from the Royal College of Music and Drama. How did you? How difficult did you find it to break into the industry after that? That's really interesting, Kieran. Um, just I'll just roll back a little bit. Yes. In my final year, we had three new tutors come to the college, um, and and they were all into community theatre and theatre and education mm. or fringe theatre, um, and so started. You know. Our final year showcase was very different to what it had been traditionally beforehand, going into a Western theatre, you know, doing monologues. Yeah. Um, for our year, we ended up um, doing pub theatre. So our showcase was really intimate. Yeah, myself right. and two friends, uh, Carl and Duncan, we ended up putting on a lesbian and gay showcase. Um, and, uh, yeah, so... Um, 
sorry, I forgot what you asked me. How, Just, uh, in terms of like breaking into yeah, the industry. Yeah, that's it, yeah. So, um, you know, because, because of the people that had come into the college in that final year, they kind of encouraged us to go into mm. all kinds, not just traditional theatre. Um, and of course, you know, Wales was, was really an interesting place during that time because, you know, um, theatre and education was massive, uh, mm. you know, just, well, or just starting especially around, around that time. So by the time I came back, it was, it was really thriving. Every, every county had a TIE company. Every county had a TIE company, it did. Um, so I... I got work pretty quickly. I was really lucky. I was already starting to audition before I left drama school. Right. Uh, and I went. I went to work with a, a company in in Hampshire called Forest, which still exists today, which is amazing. Uh, and I did eight months with them, which was, you know, coming straight out of drama school and getting an eight month contract yeah. was amazing. And I did. I managed to do some. Uh, uh, th- you know, theatre in schools, community theatre. Uh, we did a tour of psychiatric hospitals and old people's wow. So I had a really broad, you know, stroke of um, of work that was offered mm. to me. You know, it was uh, really interesting to kind of go, oh, what bit of this do I really like? Mm. Uh, yeah, and then from there, I then went up to, to um, County Durham to... To, to work with a company uh, up in the northeast, and I did a, a, a play called Trafford Tansy, and that that was all set in a, a wrestling ring. So we actually <laughs> we actually wrestling audiences coming to see the work, <clears throat> and it was actually wow. you know, it was it was the proper thing, and we all yeah. got trained professional wrestlers. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, what an opportunity! Wow, that's incredible. Really exciting, actually, to be honest. Uh, yeah. uh, and in terms of like, when did you first think about directing, and when did you first start to think of yourself as a director? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. I um, I think I was already directing youth theatre work. So, I'd, I'd been with Gwent, mm, probably for about, maybe just over ten years by then. Right. Uh, Started to get itchy feet, Kieran. To be honest, and and I needed something to excite me. And of course, when you're on the floor as an actor, you know the, the rehearsal floor as an actor, mm-hmm. you, you you start to see all these possibilities. And 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 you know the thought of actually directing something myself really excited me. And um, the artistic director Gary Mered did said, "Oh, Jane, you know, would you be interested in directing the next show?" And I I just bit his hand off really. <laughs> And, and and you're kind of thinking about all the people that have inspired you that you've worked mm. with and, and you're kind of stealing little bits of everything yeah. you know I what you know I was you know I, 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 learning's really important to me Kieran so yeah. um, it, it wasn't just that I was picking up things from other people I, I actually went and got some professional training through through companies like Living Pictures right well, Bowman's company um, because I, I felt that there was an art to it and I, and I really wanted to get to grips with you know the some of the um, 
Yeah, there's those kind of that stagecraft really, and and when you when you're on the inside of something, it feels very different to being on the outside. So. Um, did you kind of believe you know, my craft? It, did you kind of believe in these kind of written textual theories of directing, or was it a lot more practical for you? A little bit of both. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and especially some of the training I had um, was quite Stanislavski-based. Um, I don't remember doing any of that, strangely enough, at drama school, which you think that I would have done. But um, and, I, and I just embraced it, and I, I, I just... You know, I'm I'm a little bit like if it says it in a book, I've got to do it that way. And yeah. I think it's just the way my brain works because I, I I've always had this thing that I've got to get something right, even though I know that it's it's not about that and it's about process and it's about. But I think um, you know I'm a bit like when I pick up a cookbook, you know I follow the instructions. <laughs> um, I'm better at not doing that, I think, as I've learned my craft. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know what, I, I need to be doing stuff because that's the kind of person I am. Um, but I'm a really passionate learner now, whereas I never could learn when I was younger. Um, but yeah, I'm very much, you know, one for looking at textbooks and just kind of stealing all the stuff out of it. And, yeah. And how would you describe your, your process as a director? And has it changed over your career? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it has changed, Kieran. Um, and maybe it's the kind of work that I'm making that's changed. Um, so when I first started, and I think if I ever pick up a text, I would go back to that Stanislavski mm. methodology, you know, uh, all the lists. There's your, there's, there's your script, you know, go through, going through really methodically, listing everything, you know, all your given circumstances. Um, ex- exploring your objective, you know, all that. I, I yeah. still do a pick up a text, but um, certainly over the last few years, my work has been more, not always, but more devised work, I would say. Um, so, you know, and, and, and more recently, not just devised or co-created work, but actually working with people's life stories. Okay. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, you still want to craft them uh, and, you, and you still want to put on a great piece of mm. theatre. Um, is, is that verbatim work then? or Yeah, verbatim work, absolutely, Kieran. Um, so it doesn't belong to you. It, 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 you know, I kind of had a little bit of a light bulb moment a few years ago and I'd had some life story training with, with uh, Relive, who I work with. And, you know, when you're working with people's life stories, you have to work really carefully. Um, and they don't belong to you. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, you try things out and go, well, what about this? Why, why don't we kind of take a really, you know, maybe explore it through physical theatre or, or we might do this with it. And, and then you're kind of just forcing something on it because actually what people need to do most is just tell their story. Yeah. And you find the simplest way of doing that because then it's heard. Um, so yeah, my my work has definitely changed. It's it, you know, it, it it just changes all the time given given my learning at that moment. Mm. Um, but process, it's always process led, and I guess the difference is 
is when you pick up a script, you know what the end looks like. You might not know what it looks like on the floor, but you certainly yeah. know, you know, you know what the ending is. You know, yeah. when you're going, I've got this idea and I'm really passionate, excited about this. Let's explore it. And I've got no idea where we're going to end up. You don't know, you know what, what you don't know what it is. You don't know who the characters you are. You don't, Kieran. You don't, and I, you know, and I've always had this thing that, you know, I want something to look hopeful by the end of it. Mm. You know, I want the actors um, personally to feel as if they've had some kind of incredible experience, and and that they they kind of match the process that's happening through the performance as well. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. yeah. In like they've had a fantastic experience, they feel more connected with each other, and and they feel more hopeful. You know that's what. And I suppose. I suppose not having that barrier between actors and directors as well, but making it a collaborative process is that important for you? It is. You know, and uh, I, I made a piece of work. I mentioned it recently. I made a piece of work. You know, I, I was uh, directing the third-year BA students at U- University of Wales Trinity St David in Carmarthen, and uh, we were looking at adverse childhood experiences, mental health, and resilience. Um, and you know, I it really was uh, a piece of collaborative theatre. Um, you know, we we co-devised you know co-created they you know they decided they decided what it would look like on the floor not me you know and we literally had lots of pieces you know i love working it's like a mess isn't it it's chaos and you've got loads of pieces of paper and you've got you've got stuff on you know that corded and and you've got bits of um you've got objects around the space um and and, and then and we had this great big whiteboard and we just yeah. like, you know, bits of paper and just kept moving them around all the time, going, well, will that fit with that? And will this, will this work? And what if we kind of move this story through, you know, this particular mm. process? You know, in the end, you know, it shifted. It kept shifting every day until we found what we were happy with. Mm. Um, and that and that had to be the actors, really, because, they, A, they weren't my stories, um, and... Yeah, it was really important to me that they had ownership over that because it was their stories. Um, and, I, and I think they were a bit surprised when I first went in because um, I said to them, I don't want you to act. And they were like, right. oh, we're in our third year um, and we're putting on a third year performance and you don't want us to act. No, I don't want you to act. Mm. I just want you to be yourselves. Um, and I want to make a great piece of theatre. And it, and it felt like at the beginning, you know, they really needed a bit of persuading. Um, but I think they really got it by the end of the process. It's really interesting to hear about that. Um, I'd like to talk about Theatre Gwent. Uh, Gwent Theatre oh, yeah. next. And you're a director for Gwent Theatre between uh, 1992 and 2011. So, so Theatre Gwent was a TIE company, yeah? Yes. And um, what kind of, what about that kind of work did you enjoy and what, what, what pieces stand out in particular from, from the work you were doing at that time? 
Yeah, well, I uh, it's really interesting working in TIE because you you kind of have a different role. You're not just an actor, you're an actor-teacher, as they used to say in the old days anyway. Um, and, and so there was, you know, this, you know, you had this head that kind of was partly about thinking about how you might educate the, 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 your audiences and how you might entertain them. Yeah. Um, and, and, and quite often the work might be participatory, so you would be working with uh, children and young people as part of the process. Um, you know, there's, there have been times, Kieran, where, like when I first went in, we could just do anything we wanted to do. We just made work that we're really passionate about. Uh, and then came along the national curriculum. Uh, and then we were kind of forced to make work that fitted in with the national curriculum. Right. And then when we realised uh, what that might look like, we realised we could just make our own work anyway. We found <laughs> a way of kind of into the curriculum, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, and it was, oh, you know, there were years where sometimes you just make something and just go, oh, you know, that's not in this. But you still make a good piece mm. of work. Um, but you felt like you were trying to slot yourself in somewhere. Um, and, th and then, like I say, you know, we, we kind of just realised that we didn't have to do that anymore. Um, I, I suppose one of the main things about the work was that it was free. You know, right. we were funded by Gwent itself and the Arts Council of Wales, and every young person had theatre in their school for free at the point of delivery. Um, and, and sometimes they'd get us twice a year. And we had amazing relationships with all the teachers uh, and, and, and with, you know, the education and advisors. Um, that is but, unimaginable now. That just is unimaginable. That is unimaginable. I mean, that seems so far away from what we've got now yeah. in terms of TA yeah. provision in Wales. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, and, and there were people who were working to you, you've been doing it for years, and who really knew their stuff, and then suddenly yeah. it kind of got in all away from us. And, you know, I do think things needed to change, Kieran. There was no doubt. Of but actually, hey, you know, that's what I mean about political theatre, you know, yeah. taking theatre to people that would not necessarily be able to afford it. Um, and for me, that that was very political, um, and especially people who had no access because of because of where they lived. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the most exciting work that I made as a director, uh, latterly before before the company closed, was some of the work that I made with Louise Osborne and Louise Fantastic. Louise uh, yeah. wrote uh, quite a few pieces for us. Um, and, and Louise's work has always really excited me and I think yeah. you know knowing what I know now you know I think I've always been drawn to theatre that what I used to call hard-hitting theatre but now I've realised was all trauma related right. um, and you know you know Louise has got such an incredible brain and, and mind and she's, you know she's she's unbelievable yeah I used to get really excited Louise because of, because of the way she would work um, and, and you know she, the research that went into it and the, you know she really understood 
what was going on in people's homes. And, mm. you know, we were taking this theatre into schools um, in some ways could be seen as quite shocking because we were dealing with abuse in yeah. the home or, or a teenage pregnancy. Um, and But we had teams of people around us. So when we, were, we did Liz's Tale, for instance, we worked with youth workers, we worked with women, we worked with the police, yeah. Um, you know, we had a whole agency uh, working with us uh, that was, you know, um, you know, working across sectors so that we could support children and teachers in school uh, because we knew that there would be, you know, at some point people mm -hmm. would, yeah, might want to talk about it and talk about their own lives, you know. So, and what you've when you do TIEs, you, you know, the young people can talk about the characters in the play. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you spoke about Louise. I mean, she's fantastic. She's been, she's been mentoring me this year. So I, I don't know if oh, it's first, uh, first hands like how, how incredible yeah. she is at what she does as a dramaturg, yeah. especially. But uh, I'm hoping that she'll come on the podcast shortly. But right. uh, I need yeah. to chase her for that. Um, and how important was it for you to be close to the community that you were working with? Yeah, yeah. Did you feel like you had a good understanding of who they were and what their, what their needs were? Yeah, yeah you see, I mean, that's the thing, you know, you spend, you know, I worked there for 20 years um, and so we worked right across those five authorities, you know, Newport, Monmouthshire, Blyne, Gwent, Caffili, Torvine, um, and 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 then and then as well as taking the theatre into schools, you're running youth theatres as well. Right. So you've got people coming in from all of those five authorities, and and yeah, you're just kind of building relationships. You're building relationships with the young people who who actually you go on a real journey with because they might start in youth theatre, you know, go off to drama school, mm. you know come into the industry, even sometimes come back to the company, yeah. <laughs> which, which is just a, a, an amazing yeah. thing, really. Um, but and, and, and of course, then, you know, all your, uh, your advisors, your educational advisors, you know, you build relationships with them and they become friends. So, you know, it, it is vitally important to be to be connected to those communities, yeah. And do you think an element of that has been lost now because of yeah, where we are? Yeah, and, I, and I'm quite saddened about that. And, and I know that some companies have, have managed to keep going, you know, like um, Theatre and Norg. Mm. They're doing amazing work uh, and they still go into schools and they still do, or they bring young people Yeah. To, to a theatre, you know. Um, so, you know, and yeah, I, I, I feel mightily sad about that, actually, mm. that, um, that that's not happening everywhere. But we, we, I mean, young people have got other opportunities uh, in their schools where um, it's quite different. You know, it's not, it's not necessarily about receiving theatre or dance or opera, but they, but they get to develop their creativity through through the yeah. Arts Council scheme, you know, and that's, but that's more an education project than yeah. an arts project. Yeah. 
I'm going to go on slightly. Um, you've directed students and young people throughout your work with uh, Great Young People's Theatre, the University of Wales, Princeton Davids, the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama, and Mass of the Mass. Yeah. Do you approach directing young people any differently than you would uh, directing professional actors? Um, I don't, you know, when you, uh, that's a really difficult one because actually, whatever it is, you still want to make a great piece of theatre. You know, the difference, I think, is that you're not always working with people who want to be theatre makers or actors or, mm. you know, creatives. They're quite, and they just want to tell their story or they, or they want to make some change in the world. So, um, you know, it might be a different piece of work. So, you know, when you're putting people's stories on, on, on the floor, um, mm. you know, they might not necessarily have the, you know, the skills that we learn through new theatre or, or drama school. So you're, you're, you're having to do a little bit of skill building, but also a little bit of stagecraft as well. Mm. Um, I mean, the great, isn't that the amazing thing about youth theatre? You know yeah. that yourself, you know, that you're, you know, not only creating work with industry professionals, <laughs> but, you know, you're learning all those theatre skills. Um, and, you know, you might not necessarily go into the theatre, you might end up doing something completely different, um, but you're building life skills as well. Okay. And communication you know. and relationships. And, you know, they're so exactly. important. you know, confidence, self-esteem, you know, all those, all those really really important uh, things. And then, getting, um, and then getting to work with people like you and Sarah Jones and Casey Owen and Dick Johns, that was amazing for me as a young person. Yeah, yeah. And really inspirational, kind of, as to what could, I mean, I, could be achieved. You know, I feel really proud that I'm associated with Mess Up The Mess, you know, they're an incredible company um, and just done some amazing work and... Um, yeah, for me, it's it it's it's about everything that happens around the work as well, Kieran. Right. Um, you know, so it's the training of young people as well. It's not it's not just we're going to put on a piece of theatre. You know, there's all the uh, peer leader training and yeah. uh, facilitator training, and it's and it has been really about building building skills and and getting people ready for for the. Mm. For, or, or not for maybe for youth work or um you know it's it's a great base isn't it but also you know they've done some really pioneering stuff where they've made change mm. for people you know which is young people led and, yes. and, that's, and that's the most important thing, actually you know they've asked asked young people what is it you want to change and and how can we work with you to do that mm. And for you as a facilitator and a director, is it sometimes difficult to balance kind of what young people want to make and also thinking, right, we've got to make a show here. We've got to put a piece on. Oh, yeah. I've had, I've had loads of moments like that, Kieran. And then I have to tell myself off. I just have a little voice <laughs> in my head and go, you know, we're where we are, you know, at the moment. That's where we need to be. And yeah. we're going to get there. Because actually, but you do have a little, like, we've got a show to put on in seconds. 
you know, what, what, where, up, you know, and, and it's always usually a week before you need to put the show on where you go, there is no way in a million years we're going we're gonna to be there in a week. And then it happens, isn't it? Yeah. Something, something magical, magical takes place and people just go, oh God, yeah, I get it now. I mean, I, I guess one of the real frustrations is um, are people going to turn up every week? Mm. You know, because we work with professionals, they're paid, so you know, and, and and they really want to do the job most of the time, hopefully. Yeah. Um. So so they go, you know, I I, I will be there five or six days a week. You know, um, I'll go away, I'll learn my lines. You know, I'll be there at the dress rehearsal. Um, whereas with some young people, you can find yourself uh, having conversations like, no, you you have got to be there at yeah. the dress rehearsal. Well, yeah, it's really important. <laughs> just, Some of those kind of things, you know. And it's just of... that they don't realise because they haven't. They they don't know what the process is. They don't know yeah, exactly. how this stuff works. Exactly. Yeah. Works. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um. So trauma seems to be a theme which has come up a lot in your work. Yeah. Um. Can you just? Tell me about why this is so important to you and what projects you have done that have focused on trauma and, and the kind yeah. of techniques that you use in facilitating yeah. that. Yeah, um, you know, Kieran, I don't think I realised why my work was all trauma-related until maybe two or three years ago and then you know and then it was like a drip effect and I go oh oh yeah okay that's why I'm doing it oh okay oh that that feels like you know it sounds quite familiar to me um and I yeah I well let me just talk a little bit about how I work so especially if you're devising something um so particularly when I was with working with the university one of the things I'll, you know, obviously I'll do my own research um, and, and and learning, and then and then prior to going into rehearsal, I invite all those students to do their own research. So the idea is that once we get into the rehearsal room, um, we we're all learning together, you know. So it, it's really hard, isn't yeah. it? And especially, you know, there's something about if so, if I just kind of went. Oh, can you learn this, this, and this, and then, and then, and then tell me? Yeah, you know, it's a really difficult thing. So what I was doing was pairing people up, putting people in twos or threes, and say, when we get to rehearsals, could you share this bit of the puzzle? Could you share that bit? Could you, so that we've got a landscape to work from where we all really understand uh, the back, the backdrop to it, if you like. Um, so. Um, and those last few years I was at, I was at the university, I would, I would invite the students to look at adverse childhood experiences, look at the study that took place over 20 years ago in America um, and, and, and how it came about and why it came about. Um, because, you know, we know that like nearly half the population of Wales you know, have had some form of adverse childhood experience. Mm. 
and maybe 14% of us have got like four or more adverse childhood experiences. And, you know, if we don't attend to it, if we don't explore it, if we don't look after ourselves, um, some of us can end up um, with mental health challenges, mm-hmm. um, with drug and alcohol problems. Um, and, and so, you know, I feel it's a bit of a mission, really, that I share what I know and and actually that people are, you know, there's a there's you know, the ACE hub in, in, in Wales. Yeah. You know, they've been going for the last five years and, and what they are about is ACE awareness. So, because once we're aware of it um, and, and we know what the challenges are to it, we kind of understand we need to be a bit more curious about people's behaviours or people's mental health. Mm. Maybe we start asking questions rather than, um, you know, calling somebody out for their supposedly challenging behaviour. So I I kind of work with that knowledge as a baseline and and then create work from people's stories or, or think that we've read in newspapers, you know, that kind of thing. How do you get people to contribute in a way that is safe and kind of makes them feel safe yeah. in that environment? Yeah, I think that that's a really, really important question because safety is more important than anything. That is like the number one principle. Uh, that you work with in the room so you know what's the container what's you know and and it is about the people themselves you know whether I work with young people or students or professional actors we always make a contract together what is it how are we going to work together you know what are our principles what are our freedoms what are our values Uh, and we bash that out pretty early on in, in, in the rehearsal room um, and, and, and the other thing is confidentiality. So we say, you know, what's said in the room stays in the room unless we're going to craft it and, and, and make something out of yeah. it. Uh, and even then you've got to have permission to tell those stories. Um, so uh, choice, that's another thing that you, you know, you give people the choice about how they might look at or explore something. Um, yeah. That just really, really important, and and play. So we yeah. play together every day. We come in, we check in with each other. How are we? You know, and if we're not feeling great, you know, if we're not at that, at that number eight or number ten, yeah. we kind of keep an eye out on each other, um, and we play, and we and we and we kind of allow ourselves the opportunity to focus on the work rather than what's going on outside the rehearsal room. Um, and and then do you know what do you know what I find absolutely amazing. You know, theatre in theatre we can do things that you wouldn't normally do in the world, and especially if you're working with you know uh, people who are not actors, you know who 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 kind of socially engaged and want to make a piece of theatre, yeah. they want to make engine. You know, you are inviting them to think differently, to work differently, and um, and what theatre enables us and allows us to do is to connect really deeply with each other because we mm. tell our stories and then we make contact with each other. So we, we make it a place where we can have safe touch. Um, and, and so and when, and when you do that, when you build up, you know, you work together for 
four, six, whatever many weeks, mm. you know, something happens, something shifts, and. Um, but I guess it's about how do you how do you go from a room of individuals yeah. to a collective and establishing yeah. that trust to be able to yeah. to generate. Yeah. Yeah. Generate so, that you, so you start off with the I, me, I, yeah. and by the end of the process, it's we, because mm. it's a common purpose, isn't it? Is that we're all working towards that common purpose of making something, and they, you know, they know that once they go out there and tell those stories, they're gonna they're gonna touch people, and they're gonna, you know, young, you know, people watching are gonna go. Yeah, that's my experience mm. as well, and I've never been able to voice it. And you're doing it for me, and and you're doing it publicly. So that yeah, is really yeah. enabling me to say, it's okay to talk about this, you know. And if and if we talk about it, maybe something shifts and changes, um, which might even eventually be, you know, policy change or yeah, or, or kind of a higher level, definitely. Yeah. I'm going to move on slightly because I want to talk about Humanikin, which was a play by Kelly Jones that you directed for Method Mass. What what was that experience like for you? Yeah, yeah. So I've done, you know, I've done two, we've had kind of two um, productions of Humanikin. um, and, And the first production was. Um, a, a group of young people who just wanted to tell their story who wanted, who wanted to make change in the world because they felt really invisible, they felt really isolated um, and, and they wanted to come together and, and, and out of that piece of work that was created, you know, a charter was made in Wales and, you know, they were, they were a small group of people that grew every, you know, every, every week when we'd meet, the, the group would grow. And, and they didn't all want to uh, be on stage, Kieran. Some of them wanted to work backstage. Somebody wa- some of them wanted to work on the kind of marketing side of things. Um, but it was that suddenly, you know, they, they weren't that one young person in school who felt that they were all alone in the world. Suddenly they felt like... Mm. There was a we going back to that we again, you know, um, and and you know one of the first things that I did when I, you know, worked with the group was, you know, I I, I looked at the history of gay rights, mm-hmm. um, and then you know and kind of charted right the way back from kind of sixties, you know, where we were now and that well LGBT and 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 kind of started to look at then what had happened in trans rights, you know, transgender rights. So, you know, what what, what were the shifts and, and patterns yeah. and changes that were taking place and, and just kind of exploring this idea of what we're doing right now is really important. Um, and it's really important that you have your voices heard. And, and as, as a gay woman, how aware were you of, like, the trans rights side of it? Yeah. Yeah, I... Um, well, really interesting, Kieran. Um, I, I'm not sure, you know, if I'm really honest with you, I'm, I'm not sure that I, you know, apart from the T in LGBT, mm. you know, and I, you know, I, you know, I was, um, I came out in the seventies. Was in drama school in the early eighties. Um, 
you know, people mostly talked about being transsexual or, or, or you would have people that, um, uh, you know, did drag, but uh, nobody really spoke about what it was to be trans. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, getting into the kind of 20, 20 whatevers and, and, you know, young people in school and feeling like, you know, they've got nobody to talk to, um, you know, in some cases feeling suicidal and, and, and maybe if they're lucky, having a teacher they can talk to and a teacher feeling really unprepared for those conversations no. going, you know, that's really kind of one of the ways the project came about because the teacher said, I really want to do something. I really want to support the young people I'm working with. Um, but I don't know where to start. I don't know what the language is. I don't know. Yeah. And so we all had to educate ourselves, Kieran. You know, that, that, that's, that's what it was really. Um, uh, and did you, did you ever feel when you were directing the piece... I don't know enough care. Yeah, I, I, of course. I, I, yeah, yeah. It's like anything, isn't it? You know that. Uh, you know, in 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 a way, really, I was in a very very privileged position uh, to work to work with the young people I was working with, and um, we had massive support from Youth Cymru uh, through Rachel Benson, and um, you know you learn as you're going along as well through the conversation, through the stories, mm. through the stories that are shared. Um, uh, I did a, a lot of reading, and, you know, watched, watched a lot of programmes um, and actually you have to kind of then say what what does being an ally look like? Yeah. You know, uh, and you have to step up to that, Kieran. Uh, and you make lots of mistakes and you have to own up to them and just go, mm. sorry, um, and just, just, uh, just, yeah, just learn from making mistakes. Yeah, uh, that's it. And you're constantly doing that through life anyway. And um, and as you learn, you, you get better at things. But um, yeah, we've just got to, just got to be good allies. That's what I think. Definitely. You know. And then we did the 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 production a couple of years ago with uh, with WMC yeah. Mess Up, uh, Radder Comprehensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the students that you know, some of the actors in the original production had come from uh, Radicomp, um, and and they were still really supporting the show. So mm-hmm. even oh, you know, we had Harry who'd been in the original. Harry's been on Harry fucking love it. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing to yeah. have Harry back. And then um, and then we had a group of other young people who were okay. kind of on the outskirts of the production. Um, who've been uh, really important in the original show, um, supporting in other ways, and it was really important to have them in the space. Um, but, you know, one of the challenges, I think, Kieran, is that, um, you know, it's it's not always been easy for, for trans young people mm. to train uh, for right. all kinds of reasons. So, again, you know, I had, uh, had one young person in the room who had been trained as an actor, and then, and then the other actors kind of through it, kind of coming through a different route, if you like, uh, through self learning or through through workshop training. You know, what what are those barriers then? And yeah. you know, what what can drama schools do 
to break yeah, down better. as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, um, for for a lot of young people, um, you know, there might have been um, not uh, you know, self ID or mm. um, not felt they can uh, be the person they were born to be. Um, so, you know, I, you know, they, the impacts on people's mental health from, and yeah. from feeling that they, that they're not in the right body and, um, not having enough support, not having good allies around them. Um, you know, getting into drama school is, is challenging enough. Um, and, and I think that we, we've just got to educate and train and, you know, we're still, we're still now having conversations about you know black and brown people being in drama yeah. school you know why are we still having those conversations you know yeah. and, and 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 what who are who are the kind of who's representing uh, people on stage and if you've not got trained professional trans actors in tv in theater how, how do you know that that's a place for you? And, and, and how are you going to get accurate representation if you haven't got, you know, those actors out there getting roles? And without those actors getting roles, yeah. trans actors, black actors, disabled actors aren't going to go and train because that's they right. don't think that those opportunities yeah. are there for them. There's so much to do. I just hope, yeah. just yeah. hope that you know. And I know Welsh College are really trying to make change at the moment. Mm. You know, trying to you know uh, train you know the staff and you know that changing the you know changing the staff as well and um, being aware of uh, you know um, representation and and. Um, and just looking at themselves really internally and saying, you know, actually, we're not doing well when it comes to this. Mm. So do better. Um, I I think during COVID and during the lockdown, there's been a lot in terms of representation in the industry. So hopefully places like Ross College and big companies will kind of look at that. The last thing I wanted to ask you before we finish is what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out in the industry, especially where we are now with COVID? Okay. I would um, get yourself involved in the network of some sort. You know what? Especially during uh, COVID, you know, a lot of us have been working at home, you know, all those young people who were graduating this year, you know, they've not had their, they've not had their graduations, they've, they've, they've not been in the university, they've been kind of disconnected from, from all their fellow students and, and, and the world of education and the world of work. Um, so, you know, what, what is it that you want to do and, and who can support you in that? And I know that, you know, for instance, Equity have been running lots of training, um, you know, there's been lots of uh, online Zoom workshops, um, you know, in, in, inviting people to get involved and, 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 and just playing together and yeah. just, you know, maybe building up all, all your kind of toolkit uh, 
Um, but actually something like, depending on what you want to go into, you know, like Youth Arts Network Cymru is brilliant because it, it brings people together. Um, and I and I imagine that, that the world of, um, you know, emerging artists is, is not a great one at the moment. Um, you know, I know, for instance, like Mess Up, Spark Valley's Kids, you know, some of the young people that have gone off and trained it have now come back, you know, mm. to opening. I mean, um, uh, do you know Hannah? Hannah's doing Hannah work. Lad, yeah. Yeah, Hannah's yeah. doing work yeah. with Miranda. Yeah. So it's like... Yeah, she's just incredible. She's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But, um, no, thank you for going on. It's been fantastic talking thank to you. Thank you, Kieran. Yeah. Um, and I will catch you on the next episode of In Lockdown Red. I'm not sure who my guest is going to be yet. I hope you will listen and feel free to share on social media. But for now, it's bye for me. And bye from Jane. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of In Lockdown With. The podcast is written, produced and curated by me, Kieran Fitzgerald. Thank you to all my guests for taking the time to appear on the show. If you enjoyed this episode of In Lockdown With, please consider liking or subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And I'll see you next time for another interview.